Welcome to the NIL Spot Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Jamara Mitchell. The NIL Spot Podcast is an educational space for student athletes, parents, coaches, and sports professionals. Here we will talk about the importance of name, image, and likeness. We will also discuss and understand the grind of the student while being a student athlete and their responsibilities. Join me every month as we go for a thorough analysis of NIL and its prospects for parents, student athletes, coaches, and brands, as well as the need for athletes, both amateurs and professionals, to grow and sustain their brand. Hey, 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 NIL Spot. So this is another episode of the NIL Spot podcast. So uh, this is Dr. Jam, and we have a special guest with us. We have Joy. You may have heard about her. She um, is on Instagram. She is killing it talking about different uh, topics that a lot of athletes and parents can, you know, get down with and get a better understanding of. So I'm not going to introduce her. As you know, I allow my guests to introduce themselves. So I'm going to go ahead and give her the mic and go ahead with it. Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for having me, Dr. Jam. I am Joy Harris. You can find me on social at the Joy Harris. I am an entrepreneur for over a decade. And typically, I help people scale their own ambitions. And so um, when the NIL space came around and athletics in general in the college space was super important for me to find ways that people could win on and off the field, um, not just with NIL, but in their recruitment process, in their career process, if they decide not to go pro or they don't have the opportunity to go pro. Um, so my whole goal and mission is to close the financial and career gap for student-athletes. Yes, yes. Well, once again, thank you for coming. So you, I heard when you introduced yourself, you said the word scale. So can you explain what the word scale means from the business aspect? Yeah. So um, a lot of times in the individuals that I encounter and that's outside of sports as well as inside of sports, they have this seed of an idea that they want to do. Um, I call them their, their own technician. They want to have a, a service-based business or in athlete land, they play ball. So they have this thing that they're really good at, um, but oftentimes that's the technician side of it. They're an artist, so to speak. And so in order to have something that is a business that can grow and that can also provide you revenue without you having to stand and do something every single hour of every single day, you need to be able to take that individual artistic gift or talent and put it into a vehicle that it can reach more than one person at a time without you having to be present doing it one person at a time. All right. So, you know, a lot of athletes, they are really into the thought process of being an entrepreneur. So, you know, hearing this word scale, it's, you know, it's more of telling them you don't have to do it yourself. Sometimes, you know, there are things, uh, certain people as virtual assistants that can take over your business and take over your social media for you, make sure those postings get posted, uh, keeping up with the traction. You know, you also have your virtual bookkeepers. They keep you in line and everything. So that is definitely something uh, to think about because 
a lot of them want to become those entrepreneurs, but they find themselves just burning themselves out. And before you know it, that's the end of the business because they've extended themselves and their money and they're not making revenue. So thank you so much for explaining that word scale. So as we move into the NIL aspect of it, you know, what are some some tidbits and some some tricks? Because I follow your social media. So you, you have been giving us the business on how to get into this whole NIL thing without having to be number one coming off of the the list of, you know, of ESPN's top 100 list coming out of high school or without having right. to go to the top, uh, uh, the, the top, prep school in your your county or in Louisiana your parish so what are some some tricks and trips we can learn um so the way I think about NIL uh I often feel like it's a little bit out of the box of how it's normally thought about so to me NIL is the new buzzword for branding that's really all it is exactly it's super important important for student athletes because they haven't had the opportunity before so that's why it's super important. It's super amazing. But you have to think about yourself as a product. Now, student athletes and athletes have always been a product, but they just couldn't benefit off their own productizing or productization. And what I mean by that is other people, businesses, corporations benefited off of them being a service. Now they can benefit off of themselves being a product. And so you have to think about it in terms of a business. And not just scaling in terms of you can outsource things to other people, but what is a form of business that you can create that can be expanded through some type of media or code or system in place, right? So sometimes at the very beginning, which I think is always great, athletes think about it, hey, how can I post? How can I get a brand to pay for this social media thing? And I think that is absolutely the right way to do it at the beginning. But as you progress and as you start getting brands to collaborate with you, start thinking about, okay, what kind of product or service can I create that can expand and extend beyond me and beyond the time that I might play? So kind of the first base is, yes, get your brand up. And all that means uh, by get your brand up is be super present on social have something interesting that's your point of view, not just ball. So I like to use the and formula. I am a volleyball player and I am a basketball player and. And so you want to go all in on your and whatever is genuinely of interest to you, because there is always a business that is selling that thing. Um, so I like to tell people, if you're into Smurf, there is a business that is selling Smurf merch, even though it's not a current thing. So um, it doesn't matter what your end is necessarily. There is a business who's trying to reach your audience that's also interested in that thing. So that's the cool part about it. And once you start building your brand, again, just a fancy thing, being super social, uh, being super present on social, on all social media platforms, being consistent on all social media platforms, start reaching out to brands at the beginning because oftentimes they don't know who you are. So start reaching out, maybe do a couple of affiliate programs, which are super low hanging food to get into you just apply. And then after you get some steam, start thinking about, okay, how can I expand into a product or a service that is a business? And if you are not the business person, if you are not business savvy, I always say everybody not built to be an entrepreneur. It is hard. <laughs> so 
it's okay if you're not, but then learn how to put the pieces around you to help build it out. Yes, yes. Another buzzword, affiliate marketing. So let's talk about, you know, a little bit about affiliate marketing. You know, we've gone through this whole thing of social media influencers. Every time you see them, they have, oh, if you like this product, use this code. So let's talk about a little bit yeah. about affiliate marketing. Um, I think affiliate marketing, affiliate program, there are a couple of different terms for it, is like the lowest hanging fruit for you to get your first brand deal. Um, so there are several sports brands as well as non-sports brands that have affiliate programs. It's as simple as going to their website, scrolling down to the bottom. Typically, they have a link that says partner program um, or something like that. Uh, a few that I know offhand, I'm not a spokesperson for. I do not advertise for them. I just like to put people on. Um, Noble has one. Actually, the most lucrative one right now, I think, is actually HubSpot. Um, Amazon has an affiliate program as well. So there are several affiliate programs that are out there um, that if you look in your pantry or in your refrigerator and you look at what do I eat, what do I consume on a regular basis, turn the packaging over to the back. There typically is a phone number and a website. You can go right to it. Again, scroll down to the bottom of the footer information and you can find whether or not they have a partner program. It's typically an application that you fill out. Um, and then they'll send you an approval or no, we don't like you, <laughs> but, uh, oftentimes they're cool with turn around cool pretty quickly. And then the way it typically works, you get a custom link. And as you advertise on your social, if people click on that link and actually purchase something, so they go through the purchase process, then you get a kickback or a percentage of funds that go into your PayPal or your cash app. Um, now you may not get rich quick, but, um, what I like to say is that's a way for you to have your first brand deal and then for you to use that brand deal as leverage to get the next one. Yes, yes. And, and that's the biggest thing. And I think also, especially for my high schoolers that are listening to this, remember, only certain states allow you to monetize from your name, image, and likeness. So before you start doing affiliate marketing, make sure you have gone through the steps before before you begin the affiliate marketing because you do not want to risk the uh, possibility of losing your amateur status. So make sure you, you go into it before you know <laughs> if you, you can use the affiliate marketing because unfortunately you are no longer just a regular person or a regular high schooler. You have to make sure you go through the steps, right, Joy? Yeah. <laughs> so there was another topic that you talked about that really interested me and you were saying how uh, student athletes can get a certain amount of uh, money just for attending so can you talk about that a little, a little bit more yeah so there's two avenues of I'm going to say income that a student athlete can get that oftentimes the athlete and the parents don't know about um, so one is uh, there are some universities that offer a cost of attending sex. So typically when people have a scholarship, it covers tuition and books. It doesn't necessarily cover travel, meals, room board, things like that. So the cost of, uh, cost of attendance check covers the extra expenses that go into you attending the university. So it's super important to ask about that. The other thing is there are universities and colleges now that offer an academic bonus. 
So what that means is if you are a student athlete and you have a certain GPA, the GPA is specific to the school, so you have to pass the school, um, then there are colleges and universities who have a plan in place to give those students an academic bonus. For example, LSU, super forward thinking, um, you can get a check every semester. Um, and it's just for achieving a certain grade level every semester. Now, there are some people in the world who uh, are a little fussy <laughs> about why student athletes should get paid to get good grades. That's just part of the course. Um, and to that, I, I say, listen, you always want the next generation to be better than you. And sometimes they have options and advantages that you didn't have. And I'm sorry that you were born a little earlier, but you want the next generation to be better than you were. So um, what we have to know, because it's tested and proven and it happens all the time, is that college specifically was made for the education, yes, for the networking opportunity of those who attend. Student athletes are not afforded the same networking opportunities because their schedule is filled with athletics. It's not my word. You can look at the NCAA website. They give you a wonderful breakdown about the amount of time that that student athlete will have do other things. It's like almost nothing. So if they don't have time to network, if I network, I don't mean just walk around and talk to other students. I mean, have internships for this other career outside of sports because again, student athletes, all student athletes, only 4% are going pro. So the 96%, we have to start having a conversation about them that is a realistic conversation. And everybody has the conversation, not everybody's gonna go pro, but then they don't wanna have the additional conversation. Of, okay, so what are the advantages of this 96%, which is millions of kids, millions of kids every year. Not millions every 10 years, every year. So for those kids who are not going pro, who aren't able to have internships at corporations because they have summer practice and fall practice and spring practice and they're on the road and they have weightlifting and they're doing all the things to make their coaches and their team proud, for them to be able to hold down their studies and have a little bit of financial kickback is not necessarily the biggest evil on earth. Um, also. Hopefully, the school sees the benefit because the schools are making money. Now, I'm yes. an entrepreneur, so I'm not anti the schools making money. I'm not, a, I'm not mad about it. I understand the business model. And as an entrepreneur, go you. Like, yes. great, right? <laughs> like you have an uh, influx of fresh meat every year. Go you. I'm all for it. But the amount of money that the student athlete is going to get for making these amazing grades, which means they have to put in the work, they have to study, they have to test, test all the things, as penny, penny compared to the institutions and what they're going to make. And they're not running, jumping, nope. growing, making up early. Um, so, yeah, none of that. So I think, I think sometimes we... As adults, and I'm going to say as adults because that's where I hear some of the gripes coming from. Uh, I think we as adults aren't looking at the whole picture. And there's a little stigma against athletes that there's favoritism and things like that. So I understand that. I understand the pushback when you feel like somebody's getting coddled and you didn't get a chance to get coddled. I understand where the energy is coming from. 
But I would say if you think through the whole cycle and how it actually works and their actual benefits, it's very small, it's very small compared to the general population. Yes, yes. And, and you said you, you unpacked a lot of things within that. And I love it. You know, the fact of we as adults, we have to understand that. Uh, unfortunately, it, it wasn't available for us. You know, many of us were trailblazers studying. Should student athletes get paid? It, this has been a conversation forever. Now it's coming to fruition. But however, we have to support those student athletes that are now getting paid. We have to be the ones. I mean, now we're in position so we can take them under our wings and say, hey, although we didn't have the opportunity, we want to make sure that you use the opportunity to the best of your ability. You're not getting caught up in loophole deals that you may never be able to get out of. You're not getting caught up in, you know, friends and family members that you think have your back and your best interest and it's not happening. So we have to be that generation to say, okay, come under my wing, little birdie. We're going to help you fly even further. Yeah, let's be support. They still have to do all the work. They do. Even at NIL, they still have to do all the work. They still have to have a brand. Even the larger players who have larger NIL deals because they are a certain type of athlete, they still have to do the work. So nobody is stepping in really and doing the work for them. And I think we're we're not mad at any other position. We Nobody is mad at coaches for getting paid. No. <laughs> nobody is saying coaches should do it for the love of the game. Yes. Nobody is saying that. And so um, so I just think, you know, it's conditioning a little bit. um, uh, And I think when you start touching people's pockets, they get a little salty. I understand that. Um, But in the long run, kind of the grand thing is like, they're making pennies off of what has been made from them. It's, it's It's not the end of the world. Yeah, it's definitely not. It's definitely not. So what's what's the tidbit that you want to tell the student athletes as we begin to wrap up this wonderful conversation? Um, yeah, I would say don't be intimidated by NIL and all the NIL information that's out there. It's a lot. It's a lot of talking about it. It's a lot of people hype about people from parents to agents to organizations. Don't be intimidated. The best way I can break it down is think of it like the YouTuber that you love. The YouTuber that you love puts up their videos, they keep you entertained. Halfway through their videos, they say, this video is sponsored by X, Y, and Z. The reason why that sponsor is paying attention to them is because they are getting you to come click on their videos. So if you think about it more like your favorite YouTuber, it takes the fear and the overwhelm and the technicality out of all of it. Um, there are YouTubers who did not start with lawyers and agents and, um, administrators and all the things that everybody is telling you you have to have. At the beginning, start like your favorite YouTuber. And as you pick up steam, traction, and money, trust me, when you get to certain heights of money, people will be finding you and you'll have to then shift to who's the best for you. But at the beginning, think about it like your favorite YouTuber and get started while the window is open, because there are always people who are trying to close this window for athletes. Ooh, I like that. Get it while the window of opportunity is there. I love it. I love it. And you don't have to be the best. Just do it. You know, using your your regular phone, just showing yourself doing your your workout or showing yourself in the meal that you're preparing. 
just do it. The followers will come. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just start. You're interesting. Um, you'd be surprised if people on TikTok, if people are watching. Just start. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much, uh, Ms. Joy. Um, can you let us know where we can follow you again? I know you told us earlier, but can you let us know again, please? Yeah, you can follow me on social at the Joy Harris. That's T-H-E-J-O-Y-H-A-R-R-I-S on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, uh, on LinkedIn, on YouTube, wherever you look at people and scroll, you can look me up there. And if you have any questions, definitely hit me up, reach out. I try to answer as many DMs as possible. Um, so I just want to make sure that you guys win and I'm not asking anything in return. So that's always nice. And you guys, please, please, please follow her. Like the information that she gives, it is genuine. It is definitely understandable. She makes it to where everyone can understand it, where you're really interested, but you want to get more from it. So please follow her. Don't forget at Joy Harris on all platforms. So this is another episode of the NIL Spot Podcast. And once again, we want to tell Ms. Joy, thank you, thank you for being here. And that's a wrap. Thanks for listening to the NIL Spot Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I loved recording it. Please be sure to subscribe so you can get more content. And if you appreciate the show, please jump over to your favorite podcast platform and give a positive rating to know more about the show. Or if you want to reach out and ask questions, you can reach me at the NIL spot on Instagram at the NIL spot podcast. See you there.